Welcome back, everybody. Another podcast. I promised we just recorded one. We're knocking out another one. This one's going to come right off. I'm going to jump right into it. We're going to Facebook. Uh, question that I got. I've got a lot of questions to catch up on because we are coming off of that workshop this weekend, and I'm digging out of digging out of that hole. Um, this one was interesting. This is a question that came. It says, "I'm going to read it to you. I've not. Oh, I have had some messages. I, I've sent. I didn't even realize that. Uh, May seventh, which wasn't that long ago." Um, May 7th, I got a message. It says, hey, Jeremy, now this kind of changes things because I'm literally processing it as we speak. Um, I didn't realize, I thought this was the first message I got from this guy. It isn't. So, hey, Jeremy, this is his first message, May 7th, which is like a month ago. Loving your content as I purchased both the puppy series and the shed dog series videos. Still a learning process. We're fortunate to pick up our Lexi girl at nine weeks old. I'm working primarily on steady her down at feeding time, simple commands at this time. We're also working on kennel training, and she's been doing really well with with accidents in the house. My question is, am I expecting too much too soon? She's really struggling at nipping and biting and seems to have zero interest in any kind of retrieving. Any advice would be greatly appreciated. So I messaged back and said, I'd not be, I wouldn't be too worried about retrieves. My dogs at that age might get one or th- one to three retrieves per week in the hallway. I think if your message... I think if you're messaging me about these concerns at this point, yes, you're probably expecting too much. Got to remember, this puppy's nine weeks old, right? So it says, you're, I said, you're probably expecting too much. It takes time to simply settle into routine. Your job is to find the rhythm and comfort the pup, and you'll see results that follow. Nipping and biting is typically a handler issue, not the pups. Establish yourself as a leader and don't set the pup up for opportunities to nip and bite, and the behavior doesn't have the chance to form. So he said, thanks for your response. Time to slow down a bit and let her be a pup, I think. Now, I responded back. I said, let her be a pup with a good leader. There's a big difference in being patient and letting them do their own thing. Keep that in mind. So that was, and and as I'm thinking about it, that's exactly what I think I should have said. Like that would have been my response. I think, yes, you probably have unrealistic expectations to be looking for a lot out of the nine-week-old pup. I also think the answer is not just let them be a pup unless... Let them be. I, I don't like it when people say that because I know what people think. Well, just let them do whatever they want to do. No, no, no. You're going to create major issues that way. We want to form good habits. The idea of nipping and biting comes from probably a simple thing. You're, you may be holding on. How does a puppy bite you if you, can't, if you can't get at your hands? So if you're putting your hands down in her mouth and she's biting at you and you're upset because she's biting at you, whose fault is it? You're putting your hands down by the pup's mouth, so don't do that. If it's biting and chewing on stuff in your house there's two issues there the stuff is available for her to get at and she's available to get at it so how it's the fix place train what's the fix pick your stuff up simple simple fixes that don't that aren't so and they're not like super intense and they're not super formal and i'm not saying you need to do this this and this in a training session i'm saying just set yourself up for success create a playground that's dummy proof And so the dummy proof part is us, not the dog. So, you know, the dog is very natural at this point. And quite honestly, I want to tap into that natural part. And this is an extreme. We're talking nine weeks old. This is an extreme. I think you got to get the dog settled in and not pooping and peeing in your house. So now one month goes by. So it's May 7th. So May 7th, picture back. May 13th, I messaged he said to me, she really likes to tempt me on her place. And he's got a picture of her coming off the place. 
So, okay, Be, that's a simple fix. Focus on it, anticipate it, read the body language, and when the pup goes to re jump off, we correct it. That's a timing issue. So now that's more mechanical. So you do have to understand some mechanics. Because if you try to train a dog with the wrong timing, you absolutely can't do it because the dog doesn't understand what the training is, doesn't understand any of the corrections, doesn't understand any of the praise. We, we correct them when they're wrong, we praise them when they're right. We don't do anything in between. That's really simple for a dog to understand. But if your timing is off and you're correcting at the wrong time or praising at the wrong time, the behavior is going to be affected accordingly. It's not, it's not, it doesn't, it's, it's not going to work. So got a message. Was curious what your take is on dogs that have zero response to praise. I don't want to bribe her with treats, but it seems that it's the only response I can get. As I'm working on basic stuff, I try to, I try and overpraise her. I've gone through every level of praise and her reaction stays the same. Zero cares. Simple tasks of getting her back in the house from the bathroom is a struggle as she will sit and literally look at me for as long as I let her. As I approach her, it becomes a game for a second and she usually jumps away first before following me into the house. I'm at a crossroads wanting to progress into training, our training, but I just feel like she doesn't want to move forward. She's at 14 weeks old and is yet to make a successful retrieve with countless tries. She will hold until I release her to be super excited on her way to pick to it, pick it up, bring it halfway back, sit and chew on it. I was curious on your advice, what I can do to help her progress. Thanks so much for all your content. Looking forward to your response. It's going to be a podcast. I'm going to be sending you an email. So let's circle back on this. It's been a month. You were stressed out at nine weeks with some of the foundational stuff. Now you're stressed out at 14 weeks, and it sounds like it's about that. And this is my takeaway of reading it. I just feel like she doesn't want to move forward. I'm at a crossroads in our training and wanting to progress into, I'm at a crossroads with, our, with wanting to progress in our training. You can want all you want. If you're prepared, if you're not prepared and the dog isn't ready, it doesn't matter how bad you want it. Like desire to train a dog doesn't count. I, I always tell people, some people, you gotta have more passion. You got, you know, kids get, getting into sports gotta be really passionate about it. And the reason is, is because there's a lot of sacrifice. There's a lot of sacrifice of your free time. There's a lot of sacrifice when it comes to effort. Um, it's, it's just, you gotta have a big desire in order to make the type of commitment you need in order to excel at sports. Desire, and, and, and so, Desire is one thing, the doing it is another. So you can have the most desire in the world to be a college basketball player. You can, that can be your one, number one obsession. You can work really hard. You can go and you can do a lot of practice. If you don't have skills and talent, regardless of how hard you work and regardless of how much desire you have, it's not going to work. Now, the desire and the hard work can overcome a lot of shortfalls. But let's be honest. There's a lot of kids that really want to do it. They work very hard, but they can't physically do it. And there's a lot of... So there's three parts of that puzzle, and you can't really do it. You can't do it with two out of three or one out of three. Well, when it comes to this dog, 
you might really want to do it. You might be working really hard, but if your mechanics aren't there, it's not going to work because your mechanics, if the dog's talent's not there, it's not going to work. 99% of the time, it's not the dog's talent. It's our mechanics and our understanding of training that gets in the way. So here's the thing. And sometimes with this, sometimes the desire and the trans the transfer of desire to execution, like you're trying. Sometimes when it comes to dogs, this is the difference in dogs and people. The desire might be there. Sounds like you've got it. The work might be there. Sounds like you're doing it. The dog's just not maybe ready. And no matter how hard you work and how bad you want it, you can't get a dog to mature. You can't, like, we can't, we can't work hard at getting a dog to mature. It won't work. So, Let's go back and let's start breaking it down because I, I got a feeling it's probably a combination of all three things um, that, that is creating the issue. Uh, a dog that has zero response to praise, that's impossible. It's impossible. I mean, in your opinion, maybe it is. I'm be, I'd be willing to bet you're wrong. Dogs all respond. Now, some respond differently. And some don't, I, it depends, what are your expectations? This goes back to expectations. Before we were talking about your expectations and are you expecting too much? Probably. Are you expecting too much when it comes to praise equaling change in behavior? It has to. There is no dog out there that doesn't respond one way or another in some fashion when it comes to praise or pressure. They all do. It's just what do you pick up on? Like, I tell my dog, and I don't try to overpraise. So one of the things here you said is, it's funny because I use your exact words. It says, as I'm working on basic stuff, I try and overpraise her. I don't overpraise. I don't want to. Uh, I, there's no reason to overpraise. If you overpraise, you create a loss of the, the information being actually truly absorbed because you get dogs spun up. So overpraising, that's my definition of overpraising. Your overpraising might be a completely different definition. Your overpraising might be, I'm getting too loud or squealy or excited or whatever. I don't know what it is. But I don't overpraise, and I wouldn't recommend you overpraise either. I recommend just enough praise to get the dog to understand and have the concept sink in. So at times when dogs do things for the first time and they're very challenging, you know, I probably give them more praise then to make sure they understand. That's what we want. And the beauty of dogs is they're just wired to make us happy. They, that's all they want to do is please us. So it's getting them to understand what pleases us. It's also getting them to understand what we don't like to try to curtail or defer some of that behavior. And so in this situation, I'm looking at it and I'm going, you're getting, there is response. I just don't know. A, I don't know if your timing is very good. I got I question your timing. I was curious what your take is a dog that has zero response to praise. I think you're struggling to read the dog probably too. You know, if you, if you don't think the dog has any response, you're probably missing it one way or the other before or after. So that's probably part of it. Now, I don't want to bribe her with treats, but it seems to be the only way, I, only response I can get. So I'm not against the idea of using what works. I am against the idea of bribery. And you use the word bribe, so I'm sure you've listened to the content before. So you're right. I don't want it to be, I don't want it to be something that is driven by food. I want it to be driven by behavior. But if you watch back on some of our stuff, I'll use kibble. I'll use the dog's food itself real early on in, in some situations. Recall is one of them 
where I get a dog to come to me and understand that I'll give them a little piece of food when they get to me. I phase it out pretty quickly. I also use that to teach dogs to go into their kennels. Uh, I phase it out pretty quickly. Uh, sit. I've, I know I've used it for, with some young dogs for, for using the sit command. I phase it out pretty quickly. So don't be stubborn to the idea of I don't want to train with treats, so I'm not going to use treats. Now, I'm not a treat trainer. I don't, I, don't, I don't paint myself with that brush. I don't wear the fanny pack. But there are some people that say, but you use treats, this, this, and this. You just said it. Yes, I do. I don't consider myself driven as a primary treat trainer. I've had some people say, you know, you, you don't use a collar and you're, you're saying you would never use that, but you use pressure. Yes, I do. I'm not saying I'm not a pressure trainer. I'm not saying I'm a 100% positive trainer. I'm not saying, listen to our last podcast where we talk about, we talk about some pretty deeper, a lot deeper stuff. I don't know why I have to feel like or be painted with into this group of you're this or you're that and you can't be both. Yeah, you, I, you know, I can, I can, I can be, and I don't, and I don't, and I won't tell you that I'm sticking to just this, because I'm gonna do. Here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do what I think is best to get the dog to understand what we're trying to accomplish in a fair way. I think that's that's where I try to be. That's the style of trainer I am. So, you, I don't. There is no dog bone way. There's no like. This is the way the dog we do it. No, I do it all lots of different ways, and it it's dictated by the dog. It's dictated by me. It's dictated by a lot of variables. So, you're it says as I'm working on basic stuff, I try and overpraise her. So don't don't do that. It doesn't make any sense. Um, I've gone through every level of praise, and her reaction stays the same. Again, I think it's an issue with reading the dog. Uh, you might want to send me a video. Um, it be it will help me. I'll put it in my message to you. It'll probably help me understand it a little bit more. Um, zero cares. Again, I disagree. I think you're just not picking up on them. Um, simple simple task to get her back in the house and the bathroom is a struggle. She'll sit and literally look at me for as long as I let her. Okay. So then what? What's what is the next move? So you're at 14 weeks, and if you watch in our puppy training video. Um, and I don't know if it said you had our videos or not, but puppy training videos, we talk about developing recall. You're past that window. That, that was a couple weeks ago. And so if it didn't get established then, and now you've got the bold little 14-week-old that says, I don't think I'm going to come anymore. I've decided, I've, I've decided there's things over here that I'd rather go look at. Now I'm going to put the dog on a lead. Take the dog out to go to the bathroom. Decide we're going to go in. I bring the dog back in in the lead. Dog can't sit there and do a stare off with me. Can't run off when I make a decision on what I'm going to do. So, again, set yourself up for success. Minimize opportunities to fail. No different than when your dog was nipping, biting, and chewing on you. Set yourself up for success. Don't form the habit. So that might be part of it. The other part of it is what do you do at that moment when the dog sits down and says, I don't want to go in and you want it to go in? Do you go towards the dog to get it and get it to come back in, which kind of sounds like is happening, and then it prompts a uh, game for it. As it becomes a game for a second, and then she usually jumps away first before I following me into the house. Well, she, you're getting her into the house, so that sounds positive. But you're getting in her, she's jumping away from you. So what you might look at doing is, instead of going to her, get down and call her back, call her to you. I mean, there's 5,000 different things you could do at that moment. It's a matter of what do you, what do you try, what works, what doesn't work, and then you adjust accordingly. 
14 weeks old, we talked about that. Um, you know, very, very moldable at that point. She'll hold, now we're talking about retrieving. Now we're getting into these retrieves. So success, uh, 14 weeks old and has yet to make a successful retrieve after countless tries. I want you to watch Live with Spry. Live with Spry, oh, we're gonna have some people walking in on us here one second. Live with Spry is a video that I did, a series, and she didn't make retrieves till she was eight months old. So eight months old is 32 weeks. So I got 18 more, you got 18 more weeks of it just to catch up to me and Spry. Don't feel bad, you'll get there. But what I would do is I would take a break from it and regroup. And I'd try to work on the stuff that is foundational and will help you with all the other stuff. That to me is more important. Easy girls. So she says, it says here, she'll hold until I release her, super excited on the way, pick it up, bring it back halfway, sit and chew on it. Stop doing it. Just stop doing it. And then what do you do when the dog sits and chews on it? You know, I get down and I call, call her to me. She doesn't come to me. I turn and I walk away from her. So I don't know what you, it's, you're getting, it sounds like you're getting situations and then almost locking up or freezing. And when you lock up and freeze, what do you do then? What, what, so there are so many little parts to these that are linked. So I think that's the biggest thing is try something different. If it's not working, don't be afraid. I, we, did a hold, well, we did a hold session with Bella today that was very different than what we had been doing. And I made a point in it of saying, you know what? If you look back on all of our old videos, you're going to find me where I say, don't go, for, go forward until it's perfect in this phase. You want to make perfect it. And then today I said, you know what? We're going to go ahead and we're going to allow for some sloppiness. We're gonna go, because we changed the scenario and we started to pave the road ahead. Watch the Bella, watch, I think this guy, I'm going to send you a message. I'm also going to say, watch this episode of Bella Be Good, which is hold conditioning day. I'm not sure what day it is, but that will, that whole message about paving the road ahead and allowing the behavior to change accordingly in those situations will apply to this. Be flexible, not rigid. Be okay with the idea of changing things up a little bit. Don't look for one fix like one situation setup fixes there's no problem that i can give you the for sure answer to because the dogs are the variable and they're all a little bit different and then you add in the people the handlers they're the variable and they're all a little bit different there's so many varieties in issue in things that can come up to create issues or fix issues so uh i hope that helps you i'm gonna send you a message um, it probably starts a conversation in your mind where you go, okay, I could try this and this and this, and what if that doesn't work? My hope is to not get people dependent on the idea of, oops, something came up, send message to Jeremy. I mean, I'm okay with that. I'll help you as best I can. But you'll never get further along as a trainer if every time something happens, you lock up and get on your phone and send me an email. I have issues come up all the time and I look at it and I assess it from a big picture and I try to boil it down to what are the issues. And then when I find out what those issues are, I back them up and I try to fix one one at a time, fix the problems one at a time and fix the ones that need to be fixed first because that'll help me get to the next one. And then the next one, I fix that one and then it'll help me get to the next. And then we work forward. But there's gotta be some, there's gotta be some flexibility with you to understand that there is some trial and error because no two dogs are the same. Hope that helps you. 
You guys, I appreciate it. We're gonna. The girls just got home. You probably heard them coming in. Now Lillian's wanting to be heard a little bit as well. So we're gonna wrap it up. That's a good another 20 minute. Another couple. There's a good lengths. So I like these little bit shorter ones. Um, thank you for the support. Thank you for the help. Thank you for the following on this. Uh, if you could share it with someone that you think it might help. That's all I ask. Share it with someone that you think these might help. Appreciate it. We'll keep doing them. <laughs>